Morning. Morning. Y'all doing well? I hope so. If not, we're going to get better this morning. Let me figure out how to press this button. Well, as you guys know, my name is Gerb. So everyone say hi, Gerb. Hi. Hi. It is a pleasure to be with you guys again. It's been a while. When I walked in, I said something looks different. The walls, man. It looks great. It looks great in here. How exciting. I love it. Um, so many cool things are happening in, here and at Zephyr. And I just love, what I, one of the things that I love is when I get to go and I get to speak at partnering churches and churches that we're friends with is that we get to see and I get the privilege to see how God is moving throughout South Texas. And it's so fun to see that God is not dead, he is not done, God is on the move, even in the chaos of this world. Jesus is alive and moving here. I love it. Okay, I want you to be encouraged by that. Uh, a couple of things. One, uh, thank you, Pastor Greg, for having me. It's so wonderful. I love it. I love it. Um, and then also some things at camp, what's happening at camp. As some of you guys know, I'm the program and development director at Camp Zephyr, um, and we just love you guys. There's so many people here who support camp, work at camp, on the board at camp, and uh, we're just a special, special place. And so I'm sure you guys already know, but I'm going to let you in on a secret that's happening for summer 2024. If everything lines up, it should happen is that we will have a brand new ropes course. Isn't that fun? I love it. Okay? It's so great. Um, I don't want to give away too much of what it's going to look like, but it's going to be really cool, and the zip line will be double the length. I'm just going to leave that there. Okay? A little teaser for what's to come summer 2024. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited about that. And then a couple of retreats that we have, because I can't not, not talk about Zephyr. I just love what God is doing there. So a couple of retreats that we have coming up in uh, January will be our third marriage retreat. And listen, if you haven't been to our marriage retreat, y'all got to go. Okay, it's so fun. One of my favorite things that we do at our marriage retreat, other than have great godly conversations, is that we have a five-course meal that we put on. And it's one of my favorites. I love it. So you make sure you guys come for that. Look it up. And then, did you know in November, student camp signups is already happening. Isn't that cool? So just putting that out there, okay, friends? Just put it on your radar. But I'm so grateful for churches like you guys who partner with us in prayer and sharing the gospel. Camp is supplemental to what is going on in the local church. And we are here, Kim Zephyr is here to help proclaim the gospel alongside churches like this one as you come alongside parents in sharing and discipling their children in the gospel of Jesus. And what I love is that some of y'all's men are at the men's retreat learning and growing and we want to pray for them as we jump into this morning. Does that sound good? Jesus, we love you. We thank you for Pastor Greg and his leadership. God, we thank you for the men in this church. God, we thank you for the women in this church and the 
children in this church, God, may, may we become united through your spirit to proclaim your name, to proclaim your gospel. We ask that you'll give the men safe travels as they come back. And uh, we just pray over this morning. May you get glorified, God. May we rest in you. May we live a life of proclamation. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, the title of the message this morning is to live a life of proclamation. That's what we're going to be looking at. So turn with me to 1 John chapter 1. If you have a paper Bible, it's going to be all the way on your right side. And so if you start from the right and go left, you'll find it pretty quickly. It's really easy to miss it. If you're going a digital version, just keep scrolling down and it'll be there. 1 John chapter 1 this morning. Man, I had the honor and the privilege in growing up in a Bible-believing, Jesus-following home. I understand that not everybody had that privilege, but I did. And we were by no means a perfect family. Oh, no, no. And as you can tell, I probably wasn't the easiest child to rear, you know what I'm saying? We had some issues. I wasn't a walk in the park for my parents, and then I start to see that in my own kids. They say, what goes around comes around sometimes. Okay, Jesus, we need you. But Jesus was talked about often in my home. We had conversations about who he is and what scripture said, and we were able to talk about things that we wrestled with, that we read in scripture. And it wasn't just at the dinner table, and we, it wasn't that we had family devotions. It was like when we were in the car driving to the store, my mom and I just started talking. Or we were going, and my mom would ask, start asking random questions about what it is that I believed, and what scripture said this, how do I reconcile that? It was such a gift. And not only did we have these conversations, but I also got to see my parents experience their Christian faith. I saw my mom, she would go to Bible studies and she would go to women's group. And I saw my dad, he would go and they would go on Wednesday. This is back when we had Wednesday church. I don't know if y'all remember that far back. Way back when, do y'all remember we had church on Sunday, then we had church on Sunday night, then we had church on Wednesday, and then you had all these other things during the week? Lord of mercy! <laughs> but we went to all that, and so I was so comfortable in the church, and I, I felt like home there. And so I was able to, I was able to have this safe place where I could just talk about ideas without worry about, what's the right word? Without worry about, like, yeah, being judged, but also just being, playing dumb. You know, like, sometimes you just feel like you're, you're kind of nervous about asking a dumb question, so then you just don't ask it because you don't want to look like an idiot. But I was in this safe area. See, uh, my mom, she was 
for a while. She was a secretary at a church, and so his name was Pastor Terry. I love this man. His name was Pastor Terry, and uh, he became like my Texas grandpa because my grandparents were far, far away, and so uh, him and his wife, they became like our Texas grandparents, and we just had the greatest of time being able to watch silly movies and laugh and stay up late and then have really great conversations about who Jesus is. So what it was, was I heard the proclamation of the gospel. I saw the effects of the gospel in the people around me about how they wrestled with the truths of God and they wrestled with the pains of life because even though my family loved the Lord, there were still pains of life that we had to go through. Why? Because this is life on this side of eternity. And so I got to see godly men and women live out the harshness of life in a way that even through their tears and through their groanings that they were able to stay faithful to the Lord. I saw it. I witnessed it. I was able to wrestle with the Christian faith because there's a place where I could question things. I could explore in a safe place. And then I remember, man, I remember his audio adrenaline. Remember those guys? Big, big house with lots and lots of room. Remember? A big, big yard where we could play. <laughs> I love my people. It's so great. Listen, if you don't know that song, it's okay. All right. Listen, I'm a 90s kid. It happens. All right. Just great songs like that just aren't there anymore. No, it's good. But you should really go chat. It's a fun song, okay? It's a little dumb, but it's fun. And so Audio Adrenaline was on stage, and they were singing, and, and we were having a good time. And then Greg Laurie came out. This was part of the Harvest Crusade. And Greg Laurie, he came out and shared the gospel of Jesus. And even though, I, like, there was a moment there where as Pastor Greg was, was sharing the gospel, conviction fell on my heart of, was, of saying, like, yes, you know me, but you're not living for me. You've talked about me. You've wrestled with it. But you're not living for me. And so that's when, man, it was just, it was so clear to me that Jesus was my Savior even when I failed and I failed and I failed again. That Jesus was my Savior even when I'm living in a Christian home and we're having gospel conversation, that even then when I have failed and not lived for him, he is my Savior. And so from that moment on, I realized, man, that I would do my best and rely on the Holy Spirit to believe and live for Jesus. And that's like a really, really condensed version of the beginning of my faith journey and relationship with Jesus. But do you guys remember your faith journey, like the beginnings of your faith in Jesus? where you were starting to wonder a little bit about who Jesus was, where you started kind of questioning things about the world and who you could trust and what you could believe in. Do you guys start, do y'all remember this? Does your family know 
your story of not only what Jesus is doing in your life for now, because God is continually to move throughout our lives, but do they know the story, the origins of your relationship with Jesus? Do they know it? Man, this is a time where, where we get to share with our spouse and share with our family and, and share with our friends the things that we've wrestled with and who it is that we believe in, that we believe in Jesus. We believe in objective truth that we find in Scripture. We believe in heaven and hell. And we wrestle with these things. These are great conversations to have. Why? Because, and what we'll see in 1 John chapter 1 here, is that this is part of the Christian life, is wrestling with God's word and sharing with who Jesus is with other people. And when we do this, I'm going to give you a little heads up. We'll see a fullness in life. And so, Let's learn together how to live a complete life in Jesus in 1 John chapter 1. Here we go. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes. I'm going too fast. I got to slow down. Okay. That which, we have, which was from the beginning, which we have heard. Everyone say heard. Okay. These are important words I want to... I wanna, mentioned to you, okay? Which we have seen. Everyone say seen. Which we have looked upon and touched with our hands. So we're going to say experience. Everyone say experience. Okay, great. Concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we have seen it to testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us that which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son Jesus Christ and we are writing these things Catch this, so that our joy may be complete. God, we thank you for your word. Speak to us. May your spirit graciously bring us to you. In Jesus' name, amen. There at the end it said, we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is a key thing for us to keep in mind as we go through this morning. Okay, friends? So if we jump back, it says that which was from the beginning. What beginning? Well, not say from the very beginning, but most likely we see if we go back to John, the book John, not first John, but regular John. John 1, 1, if you guys remember, it says this. In the beginning was the... Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything that was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, and darkness has not overcome it. Isn't that wonderful? Okay, so First John is talking about that. From this which was in the beginning... 
And we can go back and read John 1, and we know that we can reference that he's talking about Jesus here. And one of the things that we see as a common theme in John's writing is that God is light. God is light, which is an easy reminder of and visualization of who God is. Okay, so concerning this beginning, what happened? They heard. They heard. There's an announcement. There's a proclamation. People were talking about who Jesus was, who Jesus is. So they heard it. Now these guys, they saw it. They saw Jesus. They looked with their hands and touched, and so they studied and wrestled with their thoughts. If we go back to the Gospels, we can see how the disciples, they wrestled with the teachings of Jesus, and not only did they have the privilege of being able to wrestle with these teachings of Jesus with one another, but then they had Jesus there. Well, friends, guess what? As Christians, you have the Holy Spirit there. So fun, little side note. But they wrestled with these things. If you guys remember, when Jesus rose from the grave and he revealed himself amongst the disciples, Thomas touched his wounds. Y'all remember this? Paul spent time and time after his time on the road to Damascus, studied scriptures of the old, and saw that Jesus was the Messiah. So they heard it. They saw it. They touched they studied, they experienced. And because of all these things, they preached and proclaimed the name of Jesus. They heard, they saw, they studied, they wrestled. Concerning who? The word of life. We see this. And at the end of verse one, the word of life, verse two, the life that was made manifest. This was Jesus. So this was the beginning of their faith story. Jesus was revealed, so they saw. Because they saw, they testified and announced and proclaimed eternal life that was with the Father with whom they preached and believed was through Jesus. And that God is light. Now, have you guys ever been spelunking? <laughs> spelunking is when you go cave diving. But you don't have to like go underwater to go cave diving. You just go into a hole into the, into the earth. And so we went and we, we took some students spelunking at, uh, where was it? It was Longhorn State Park. So we go and... If you're claustrophobic or you don't like tight places, this is not a thing for you to do. Okay, friends? This, it's tough. And so uh, we did it, and so we were crawling, and we were sliding because it was muddy because it rained, and so we were going in these tight places, and there's a little slide. Woo, it was fun, and like other places. But we get to like the heart of this cave, and our guide, he said, okay, we're going to do something. We're going to turn off our headlamps. So we're like, all right, cool, cool. Friends, we turned off our headlamps. Our eyes took some time. 
and it was so incredibly dark. You couldn't see the hand in front of you. You know how like sometimes you're at home and all the lights are off and your eyes adjust and then you can kind of see a little bit because you're like your pupils have dilated, they've gotten big. You know what I'm talking about? When you're in this type of darkness, it don't matter how big your pupils are. Okay, friends? You can't see nothing. And it's creepy because you can't see your hands, you can't see your friends, you can't see anything. It is so incredibly scary. And we forget that outside of Christ, this is how people live their lives daily. You see what I'm saying? And when God is light, when we're going through this cave and we're going spelunking, what we're looking for is a speck of hope, a speck of light. And when we see that, you know what happens? We get a breathe. We say, we're not there yet. But we know it's there. Man, some of you guys are living in this cave of life. God is light. He is a little speck that gives us hope. We keep going here and, and we see concerning the word of life, which is Jesus. And as the beginning of their faith story, they have seen, they heard, they announced that you can have fellowship with us and God the Father and with his son Jesus. They're writing to you so their joy may be complete. Why is John hitting this so hard? Well, if you remember back in Romans chapter 10, I'm going to read it to you. Regardless of race or heritage or family line, it says this, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him who have they not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they going to preach unless someone sin? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Friends, people must hear the gospel. Period. They must hear the good news of Jesus. Our family needs to hear the gospel of Jesus, the good news of Jesus, the reality of who Jesus is. They have to hear the gospel. They have to hear it. They have to study it. They have to experience. They have to look at it. People of all ages are asking so many questions right now. What is true? What is something that we can believe in? There's multiple wars going on right now. Major wars. Inflation is high. People are confused about their gender. People don't know what's going on. Depression is on the rise. Anxiety is on the rise. And people are living in the darkness of caves. And they need the speck of life. The speck of light that is found only in Jesus. We have to come alongside people as they're on their journey, spelunking in the cave, spelunking in the darkness, and say, hey, I've seen the light. I know the light. Come with me. 
This way. I can't see. Hold my hand. We'll go together. And they see the glimpse of light. And they see it, and they do see the light. Yes, I see the light. How do we get there? I don't know, but it's a journey. We'll go there together. And so then, as we're trying to find the way out, we keep our eyes on the light because that's our direction. That's who we're going for. That's who we're pursuing. And we go. And as we're going and we're crawling and we're learning life, there's going to be ups and downs in life. There's going to be false walls. And you're going to have to turn. And then you're going to have to repent. And then you're going to have to go a different direction. But you keep going towards the light. Why? Because the light is true. The light gives hope. The light gives life. And his name is Jesus. Friends, this is what we are called to do with our friends and with our family is that we can no longer be silent in the awkwardness of other people's discussions. Do you know what I mean by that? This is what I mean by that. Have you ever been in a conversation with a group of people and they're talking about things, about going on, and you're like, Lord, have mercy. I ain't going to say nothing. Because if I say something, <laughs> now we got to use wisdom, right? We got to be wise as a serpent and yet gentle as a dove. And so maybe we don't bring something up in that moment, but maybe the circle of influence that we have, a friend that is in that group, we can go back to him and say, hey, I heard you mention this. What do you think about this? You know, in this discussion, you were, you were talking about how homosexuality. What, how do you wrestle as a Christian? How do you wrestle with what Scripture says about it and what you're promoting? To become curious. To start conversations. Depressed people can recognize depressed people. I've learned that. Isn't that interesting? I, I notice that you're kind of having a hard time. You want to go get coffee? Just you and me? Not a large group of people. I learned that's a bad idea. But just one-on-one. -on -one. We have to be wise. We have to be gentle because these are people's lives. These are their souls. These are their hearts. These are their minds. People have been burned by so many things. But people are searching for something that is true. They go online and they never know if something is true or not. But they're looking and they're searching. Friends, you are, and I are called to be the gospel to people so that when people look at our lives, they see something different. And they see the gospel. And we become the light in the cave because of who Jesus is. We become hope because of who we are in Christ, because we are embodied by the Holy Spirit. When people look at our lives, 
people ought to see the reality of who Jesus is. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this, your life as a Christian should make non-believers question their unbelief in God. So your life, your digital life, your physical life, your school life, your work life, your social life, your romantic life, it all should be pointing back to Jesus and his Christians as Bonhoeffer said, should make non-believers question their unbelief in God, but also should encourage current believers of their faith in God. Why? Because they're seeing the tangibility of the gospel. When, when kids see their parents mess up and they go back and they said, yeah, I kind of blew it on that one. And they are living in grace. And they show grace to their spouse and they show grace to their kids. That's tangible for them. Because they, we all blow up sometimes. Sometimes we get a little sleepy. Sometimes we get a little hungry on top of sleepy. And then sometimes we have kids. And when you put all those together, it doesn't always make a beautiful batch of brownies. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes the milk gets spilt and the eggs go everywhere and you're just having a rough time and then you just blow your top and you just get a little frustrated. That's life on this side of eternity. So then what we do is you, we go back and you say, whoa, I've had to say this too many times to my kids. Whoa, I'm sorry. I kind of blew up there. I shouldn't have done that. I messed up. Guys, that's the gospel, man. That's what living out the gospel is. Living a grace-filled life. Because what does Jesus say? When you blow up and you get all angry and you get all mad and you go and you sin and you go on a sin romp or whatever, Jesus says, come back. Jesus welcomes us back into the family. Jesus says, man, I love you. I ask some questions. Sometimes I ask some dumb questions. But have you ever been around people who you can actually learn from? Where you can ask the question that sounds a little dumb, but they don't make you feel dumb? Be that person! Because there's people in our lives where if we're trying to learn something and we ask a question, they make us feel like we're the biggest dummy. Don't be like that. Remember the beginning of your story. Remember where you were. Have a little bit of grace. Learn how to laugh at yourself. This is a long life journey. We have to become more like Christ. We have to. So become a person safe to talk to when people bring up their doubts and struggles. How else will people know if you don't live out the gospel? How else will our country change if you and I don't live out the gospel for our country? For our city, 
for our schools, for our workplaces? How will they know if we do not speak up and live it out? So we must speak up and we must live out loud. We have to live out our faith, friends. Now, not everyone's going to be able to preach to a large group of people, but you don't need to. You have your circle of friends where you can say, hey, I just read this. What do you think? What are your thoughts on this? Or even easier, when you're on your little Instagram, you can repost things that smarter people than you have posted. How great! And you say, hey, man, this really moved me. I know you guys send like 20, 30 reels, okay? When you're going potty, we all know, all right? We can just change the content a little. But we do this as we live. Why? Because Christ is real every second of the day. And the gospel is real in our lives every second of the day. When we're doing great, when we're doing bad, that's the gospel. Jesus says, it doesn't matter what you have done. I love you. Come to me. I am the light in the darkness. I'm your savior. Come to me. Let's go. Thus, at the end of this, it says, we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This would infer that these men, these authors, they would lack if they didn't share these things. So what we can take away from this, and I believe is the same is true for you and for me, is that if we don't proclaim what we've heard, if we don't proclaim what we've seen, if we don't study and if we don't wrestle with these things that we find in God's word, that us too, we will be lacking. There is something special when we get to come alongside people in their relationship with Jesus and talk about biblical and spiritual things. There's something special when the light bulb turns on for somebody and we get to be a part of that. There's something special when we're down in the dumps and somebody comes to us and they encourages us and helps us keep on moving. Because we're not always going to be able to be the encourager. Sometimes we're going to need the encouragement. And that's the beauty of the church. And when I say the church, I mean the people of God. Is when we come alongside together and we live out this gospel of what we have seen and what we have heard and what we've experienced. Because we have experienced things. We have experienced pain. We have experienced joy. We know what it looks like to follow Jesus. We know who Jesus is, and we want other people to know this. We know that just because we are Christians doesn't mean that we won't ever struggle with depression. It doesn't mean that we will never struggle with anxiety. What it means is that we have a Savior within these elements of harshness of life. We can come alongside people and we can say, hey, you're not alone. It's to the mom who's exhausted, who's so tired, and their baby, their three-year-old, their two-year-old, and their six-month-old all having poopy diapers at the same time at four o'clock in the morning. And women and men, they come along and say, hey, you're not alone. You're going to make it through. We can do this.
It's when men come together and say, hey, leading a family is tough. Being a husband is hard. Being a man of God in society is hard. But we can do hard things because we have the power of the Spirit. This is when we come together and we've experienced these things and we live them out because we understand that we are not the only one who struggles and we are not the only one who experiences things. But we do this so that our joy may be complete. So there's four little things and wrap it up in a bow that puts this section into a pretty conclusion. One, that we see in these four verses, eternity, eternal life goes beyond us. I know that sounds pretty basic, which it is basic, but sometimes we get so focused on ourselves that we forget that eternal life goes beyond us and life is more than just ourselves. Life is more than just our experience, so don't make it all about you. Number two, God revealed and shared the gospel first. Just as the Father revealed and announced these things to us, the things that we have heard and seen and touched, so we proclaim to you. So God made the first move. He's waiting on you. Three, if we don't share and announce the word of life, Jesus, verbally, tangibly, intellectually, we will lack in our joy. And number four, share what you've seen, share what you've heard, share what you've studied and experienced. This is your life. This is real. God is real. And God uses his people to change the world through love. So friends, the pressure is off, man. Jesus has made the first move. And in the Great Commission, he says, do these things as you live. Proclaiming the gospel and making disciples as you live. So as you live your life, share your experiences. Speak up. Live out loud. Live a life of proclamation. Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the realness of your spirit and the realness of your truth. God, help us. Help us have courage to make the phone call and invite someone to coffee or to lunch or breakfast. Help us have the courage to speak up and speak life into our families. God, help us have the courage to where we remember there's no shame in you and we can share to our family and our kids and our spouses the things that you have forgiven us from. God, give us the courage to speak up and live out loud. In Jesus' name, amen.